0: You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Correll. And how's it going, everybody? Good to be back. I know I've been on a hiatus for a while, and I'm glad to get back into podcasting. Uh, We have an interview with Corey Morrow of Waterborne Camper. Uh, It's not the most exciting thing. You know, we just uh, catch up and talk about our summer plans, talk a little bit of camping, you know, a lot of fun stuff. So I'm excited to... get back into podcasting guys Uh, you know i've been out for a little while i had some um losses in my family my brother and my father passed away in the last six months so that's been pretty rough but i'm glad to be back and i'm glad to get back going So just a couple announcements um before we get started here i think yak legion is going to go on a two-week rotation now instead of weekly um my daughter just started soccer so this will make it a little bit easier on me uh to get better episodes out for you and it gives me a little bit more time to get some quality guests on Uh, you guys know i like to get uh unique guests on people from all different backgrounds and places and you know, it just gives me a little bit of time to uh, to prepare for each episode and to just produce a better product. Really focusing on making the, the podcast really something great. I did an interview recently with John Graves uh, on, on his podcast, John Graves Kayak Fishing. Go over there and check it out. It's a good one. Um, another thing is, I know we... Uh, Here recently, we advertised a new show for Lake Erie. Um, You know, this has happened before with the catfish show, too. I get a guy on that, you know, that wants to do it. He comes on, he gets his promotion. And then once he's got his promotion, he's gone. So he's not wanting to do the rest of the show. So that kind of happened with the Lake Erie thing. Um, You know, there's nothing I could do. I've tried to expand Yak Legion, I've had a hard time with it. You know, a lot of people say that. Well, this is your kayak, your your, uh, kayak fishing podcast. And you know, I never intended that way. Me and Brad Hicks started the podcast, uh, uh, you know, um, a couple years ago, and we wasn't it wasn't about us at all. It was about kayak fishing. I know about four episodes later, uh, he Brad left, uh, left for Paddle and Finn and kind of just left me with the podcast. So, you know, I've been keeping it going ever since and trying to do my best and try to produce a good podcast for you every week. And uh, I'm excited for this year, guys. So uh, I hope you enjoy the interview. Tight lines. and we're here with Corey morrow how's it going man good how are you zach we haven't talked in a while oh yes sir yes sir pretty good man you know it's been a been a crazy six months for me i've had a few losses in my family and i'm <laughs> getting back into the podcast game getting that getting back into fishing and getting back into enjoying life <laughs> it's good to be back man it's good to have you on uh I appreciate, uh, last year you came on quite a bit and did your camping segment and, you know, I have a lot of plans for the future and future episodes about the camping and all the fishing and, uh, traveling down river on kayaks, all that good stuff, man. Uh, how was your year last year, man? What kind of adventures did you get into?
1: Last year was pretty good. Uh, a lot of the plans we had ended up falling through because of COVID and
0: Mm. the way things
1: got shut down for a while and all that so we didn't didn't get to. we were going to go to the northern part of the province last year but that didn't happen we just ended up staying local for the most part and that's probably what we'll do again this summer but there's a lot of great rivers and lakes right around local so that's not a big deal
0: I know, man. It, you know, COVID shut a lot of things down, shut a lot of tournaments down, or post, postponed them. People had to make a lot of adjustments and changes, you know, to to accommodate the COVID nineteen pandemic. And you know, it's been rough here in in Ohio and in the United States. And uh, I know, I hope you guys up there in Canada are faring well with it.
1: We've done pretty well here, especially in my province. I just live in a small province on the east coast. We've had, I think. Thirty-two deaths so far. Oh which, man. I mean, Any death is terrible, but I think we've done pretty well as a province. We're pretty secluded around here, and I think that's helped us a lot.
0: You know, it's a scary thing when people that I used to work with are are dying, and uh from COVID, you know, COVID-related symptoms, and that that's very scary. I had to go to you know other funerals. You know, I had to bury my father last month. Um, you know, my brother last year. There were unco- non COVID related deaths, but you know, there's a few coworkers uh, I lost in the past year, and or a few former coworkers I might say. And it's a sad, man. People are losing family members, and but uh, let's focus on kayaking, man, and camping, dude. Uh, what kind of camping trips you go on last year, man? Did you go on any overnighters? You do any big trips? Uh,
1: yeah, we got out for. I think four nights with some no, it was three nights with our friends, uh, RJ and Kayla. That was a pretty good trip. They had never really gone down a river with rapids before. Last the summer before last when they went out with us was the first time they have ever actually camped on a river, like paddling camping. Uh-oh. And then so I talked them into coming down the St. Croix with us last summer, which is a it's a bigger river. There's rapids, like I say, they've never really done rapids before, but That was a great trip, because we got to see the northern lights while we were out, and there was also a meteor shower while we were out, so the nights were pretty cool
0: on that trip. Man, that sounds amazing. So you never had to handle too many rapids on the rivers you have floated up there?
1: I handle a lot of rapids. Not a lot of rapids, but they, they never really even been in a canoe until like three years ago so
0: oh wow <laughs> well that's fine man you know a lot of people start out on the river we have some wild rivers down here in ohio a uh, little miami river gets shallow in spots it gets really fast great miami river gets really fast and uh you know you go farther down uh down south and they got some crazy stuff down there especially in west virginia through the mountains those mountain rivers are crazy man it's awesome. i would love to stay
1: down I'd love to get down and go down, like through the Colorado, down through the Grand Canyon and stuff someday on one of those rafting trips. That'd be amazing.
0: Oh, wow, man. Man, if you want to hear a story about Mississippi, uh, I had Jay, uh, Escape with Jay, on last uh, last summer, and he went like 80, 86 days, I think, down the Mississippi River. Man, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, not... yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, that was a good episode, man. Uh, <clears throat> so getting into it, man. So how's your YouTube channel been going, man? I mean, how's that been working out? Did you put out a lot of content last year?
1: Yeah, I think we went on like 8 or 10 trips last year, plus I put out a few other sort of videos. We've got a few trips planned this summer. I didn't get out on a big like solo multi-night trip last summer which is pretty disappointing just because of everything going on and things were pretty hectic with work but i'm hoping to get out on a trip by myself this summer for a good five or six nights so that's something i'm really looking forward to this summer i recently hit 300 subscribers on my youtube channel though so that was pretty cool
0: wow man congratulations you know i've seen a few of your uh, recent videos Uh, Man, they're a lot of of fun, and I appreciate the (laughs) shout-outs. Yeah,
1: I appreciate you having me on. I always enjoy talking with you.
0: That's great, man. Well, you mentioned this summer, man. What are some of your plans for uh, 2021?
1: Uh, Like I said, I'm hoping to get out for a trip, probably down to St. Croix uh, for four or five, six nights by myself. I've got a few weeks off this summer so weather depending hopefully i can make that happen my buddy adam that usually comes home from saskatchewan every summer if anybody's a regular watcher of my videos they've probably seen him in a few but he wasn't able to make it home last summer because of the pandemic not sure if he's going to be able to make it home again this summer or not but if he does we'll definitely get out for at least one or two trips while he's home jessica and i will be going out on a few Multi-night trips, probably just the two of us as well. She's got a few weeks off this summer. We've got a few vacation weeks that line up, so hopefully the weather will be good and we can get out together. Other than that, we don't have a lot of plans. We're just going to play it by ear for the most part, I think. What are you going to be up to? <laughs> a
0: little bit of everything, man. I'm kind of turning it back with the kayak uh, tournament scene. Uh, I'm going to stick this year. I think I'm mostly going to stick with the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing League. Uh, Just because a lot of the lakes are close to home. Uh, My daughter started soccer this year, so it's going to be harder a little bit for me to travel and do longer trips. But, you know, I'm planning some good stuff, man. Uh, We have public lands down in Ohio, um, AEP lands. I kind of want to go out there and explore, uh, you know, fish more uh, local lakes and kind of learn and master my local lakes. Before I start venturing off, you know, and going out of town too much and start you know, fishing new waters. Uh, I really want to hone my skills as a bass fisherman uh, and improve my game, man. I want to win some money eventually, man. But uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of starting from scratch, man. I'm getting to the point to where. I'm going back to the basics of podcasting. I'm going back to the basics of fishing, and I'm just starting over again. You know, I'm taking everything I've learned from the podcast and everything I've learned from friends and and, and so many years of fishing and experience fishing, all these great trails that I've fished in the last few years, and <laughs> I've had a lot of fun, man, and I'm trying to try to start over from the beginning, man, take everything I've learned and uh, start applying it, man, applying it to my game. <laughs>
1: That's uh, something I do want to work on this summer: is my fishing game. There's there is a bass fishing tournament happening this May, about forty-five minutes from here. I've thought about entering it, but I just I don't think my skill level's quite there yet to enter a tournament.
0: Man, do it, man, just try it. You know what I mean? Uh, you never know; you might get lucky, man. I've heard stories of guys that their first ever tournament, you know, and they haven't they just started bass fishing, and guys get lucky and win, man. And it's a good experience, and uh, there's a brotherhood in it, you know, especially. Uh, And bass fishing and kayaking, especially. Um, You know, are you wanting to fish out of your kayak? If definitely get into kayak fishing, man, (laughs) 100%.
1: I do fish out of the kayak, it's just sometimes I've got a lot of gear on my kayak with me, too, so it gets difficult because I don't have the mobility need or want.
0: Man, you need to get you a fishing rig, man.
1: I have a few kayaks already. I've, that's probably going to be the next one I invest in will be like a dedicated fishing kayak.
0: Wow, a hundred percent, man. Like Hobie, new, uh old town. Um, man, there's so many great brands. There's so many awesome kayaks. Uh, <laughs> it's exciting, man. And the community is great, man. I think you'll love it. Uh, so you mentioned earlier that you were going to go on a solo camping trip four to five days, What are you doing now to prepare for that, man?
1: Uh, I haven't started preparing for that yet, but I'm thinking next month I'm probably going to start dehydrating some meals and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you, I have to eat gluten-free. I have celiac. You recently found out you had celiac, I understand
0: yeah celiac sucks, man. <laughs> I was diagnosed a few years ago, man You can't eat any gluten. you gotta really watch what you eat for anybody that's never heard of it, what the heck is celiac you know anybody that's never heard of it it's it's nasty it's uh your lower intestine basically attacks gluten uh gluten exists in wheat and uh anything baked, we can't have pizza, we can't have buns, nothing breaded man. it's miserable. <laughs>
1: Well, If you don't know, gluten is where all the flavors actually kept in food, I think.
0: That's,
1: that's kind of what it seems like.
0: Yeah, because yeah, gluten-free is awful.
1: Yeah. It took a lot of trial and error for me to find stuff that I liked, but as far as like store-bought uh, dehydrated meals, I haven't really found a much that I like that I can eat that's gluten-free, so I bought a dehydrator a couple years ago, and I've Dehydrating a lot of my own stuff, so I'm thinking probably getting here in the next week or two, I'm gonna have to start getting into dehydrating some stuff and stocking out for the summer.
0: Well, I know you've done an episode on your camping segment uh, about dehydrating food and food prep. Uh, What are some tips for someone like that's you know sensitive to celiac, you know, sensitive to gluten or has celiac? uh, You know, maybe somebody that's on a diet wants to cut gluten out of their diet. You know, gluten kind of makes you feel nasty anyway What I hear. So, uh, what some tips and tricks you would give somebody like me if I was planning a five-day trip? I have celiac. I can't have gluten.
1: Yeah, well, so uh, breakfast, I usually dehydrate some eggs, some sausage, uh, some peppers, and some uh, hash browns. I'll rehydrate that, fry it up. That makes a pretty good breakfast. For lunches, I usually have uh, what do I have? I've dehydrated chili that works pretty well. You can dehydrate like uh, sausage and sweet potato that's that's a pretty good one. sometimes I'll dehydrate some sausage and mix it with like rice or uh, some pasta with some peppers. that works pretty good gluten- free pasta obviously.
0: Usually when I go camping, I kind of stick to the basics, and I stick to pure foods. You know, I eat a lot of meat. I'm a big meat-eating guy. Uh, Steaks, brats, hamburgers, you know, all that stuff. I don't do the hamburgers as much anymore because I don't like gluten-free bread. Like, gluten-free buns are nasty. Uh, Man, uh, there's a lot of options still, man. And I've even changed my diet here recently where I'm just pure vegetables, pure fruit, and uh, pure meats. You know, nothing breaded. Uh, I'm using a little few seasonings, but I'm keeping it real, man.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. I, I used to, when I first started kayak camping, I used to bring like a big T-bone steak. It's it like, oh yeah, I'm going camping. I'm going to go all out, have myself a big gourmet meal with steak, potatoes, and beans, and whatever else, right? But a lot of times we would get to the campsite when it was pretty much dark. And by the time you get stuff set up and you get changed and get fire going and you get supper cooked it's well in the dark at that point sometimes so it's hard sometimes to tell if you've cooked the meat enough Mm -hmm. when you're in the pitch black out in the woods and i like a lot of times people like their meat pretty rare anyway and for the most part it's not going to hurt you but my buddy smitty we were out on a trip one time and he had a bit of liquor into him by this point, so it might have impaired his judgment a little. But I think that steak might have just kissed the grill for, like, five seconds. And he was like, oh, that's good enough. We're gonna eat that. He chowed that down, and about ten minutes later, he was sweating bullets. And I was like, Smitty, okay? He's like, oh, man, I got the meat sweat. Something off. (laughs) Within, (laughs) like, fifteen minutes, he was passed out, like, sound asleep. I was like, oh, man. So... I'm a little cautious about bringing like raw meat with me
0: yeah so, well it weighs more especially if you're going down river on a kayak man you can't pack a cooler full of meat and steaks you know you got lamb chops in there a little bit of chicken you know you just can't do that man your cans of beans are heavy man especially you got a bag you got you know you baked beans you got your green beans you got your pinto beans uh, <laughs> a lot of times I would take uh, we used to take I have a, a kettle. Uh, a cast iron kettle we would take, and we would cook beans over the fire, you know, and I would put bacon and ham and uh with pinto beans, a little bit of salt man we'd we'd eat on it all weekend when we went camping and uh <laughs> that was some good stuff, man
1: yeah, it's like raw meat's hard to transport too, especially if you're going out like on a river where there's a good chance that you're gonna get water splashing into stuff and you don't need meat juices running into your other stuff. That's why mostly I just bring, like, pre-cooked food or dehydrated food, so I don't have to worry about that.
0: That's the best way to go, man. It's light, it's uh, it's durable, <laughs> and uh, it keeps you going all weekend, man. You don't have to keep cooking it. Uh, that's great, man. So when planning out a trip, you know, do you use Google Earth and uh, stuff like that to really plan out, like, where you're going to camp, where you're going to launch and pick up and stuff like that?
1: Not on this river, I wouldn't, because I do have a map,
0: <clears throat> excuse oh, yeah. me,
1: that has all the good campsites marked and stuff, so this is a river I'm pretty familiar with, so I know exactly where I'll be going. It's just there's multiple sites along the river. just I'm just going to kind of play it by ear, however far I get each day. That's whichever campsite's closest, I'll pull in there, stay a night, maybe I'll stay two nights, depending on how I feel. Mm. How the weather looks. And those are the best kind of trips for make. just a lot of guys like to go out when I watch them on YouTube and there's nothing wrong with this because I enjoy watching these type of trips but they seem to really like to push themselves and see like how many miles they can put in each day and they're
0: yeah.
1: whacking through the woods and they're dragging their boats over mountains and stuff I kind of like to just go out and relax and
0: just mm. go
1: the <laughs> you what
0: you like to enjoy it
1: <laughs> That's right, that's right, like there's a lot of stuff out there that you don't get to see or appreciate a lot of other places, especially if you're in the city or you're some place where you don't have easy access places like that. so
0: well, you see hikers doing that right? you know like what's the whole point of hiking? I mean, you're going up there to see all this beautiful scenery, and you know, you're. I understand that you're you're challenging yourself and you're trying to accomplish uh, a goal, but man, just slow down. You know, I listen to some hiking podcasts, and I've kind of been getting into hiking a little bit the last couple of years. And it uh, seems like these people, all they talk about on these podcasts is, you know, how many miles a day you go, and they ask everybody that, like, man, just slow down a little bit, enjoy the enjoy the walk, you know? <laughs> enjoy the breeze, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's some so, days where I'll go out and I might paddle, I don't know, four four miles. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Like, You know, I'm like, well, I'm getting tired. That looks like a good spot. I'll pull over and pitch tent there for the night.
0: Well, I watched your one video when you were at the lake and you were camping on the one island. And you're just kind of hanging out there for a little while. You know what I mean? You just set up. You kind of read your book. and. Uh, You enjoyed yourself. I would be out there on an island with my lines out in the water, you know, (laughs) sitting there and and, uh, fishing. But I would love to be able to just kayak out onto an island somewhere and just set up a little chair and uh, just cast some lines out and sit and relax. I'm sorry. I think we (laughs) lost Corey there. (laughs) Uh, We will be right back with the Yak Legion podcast. Yeah, sorry about that. We're having some technical difficulties. You know, you have to deal with that anytime you're using Skype. Of course, we do all our interviews on Skype. You know, it's a fun, easy tool, but sometimes it gives you some hell. But yeah, we're back here with Corey. Man, uh, you mentioned gluten free food and gluten free. So, what kind of gluten free beer and alcohol do you usually bring on the trip, or do you bring alcohol on the trip? I. I used
1: to drink a lot of Caesars, they were usually my drink of choice, but I haven't actually been drinking for the last few years since I got really sick, because apparently my liver got a little bit of damage, I had elevated liver enzymes or something, I don't know, so.
0: Wow. I never really
1: drank to begin with, and I just haven't really drank since then, to be honest.
0: I gotcha. You. you know, I'm a whiskey man myself. Uh, I like to drink a little sample, a little bit of everything. I'm not really stuck on one whiskey. You know, I like Bullet, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, you know, Johnny Walker. <laughs> yeah, I like scotch. I like um, brandy, a little bit of everything. Uh, there is a few gluten-free beers that are okay. I know I know Anheuser-Busch was making one called Red Bridge, but I couldn't find that in the store last time I was looking. Uh, there is one called Emission. Um, I think that's the name of the company. They make a gluten-free beer and they make different lagers. I get to pale ale because that's the closest thing I could find to, to Miller Lite because I used to drink Miller Lite religiously, <laughs> especially in my twenties. Right? You know, don't you know? <laughs> don't follow my footsteps. Well, you know, we're <clears throat> bringing day, beer.
1: Like the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: Uh, I, You know, when I first got diagnosed with celiac, I was drinking Angry Orchard. And that's all right if you drink one or two every once in a while. When you sit there and try to down like a 12-pack of that, oh, man. You'll get sick of apples, <laughs> apple cider, that's for sure. So it took me a while to find a beer. And you know, if anybody's listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're having more technical difficulties. I can't hardly hear you now. <laughs>
1: No, I was gonna say, I tell you one thing. I do like up here in Canada, which you probably know, weeds legal up here now. So, at the uh, local weed store, there's like a THC infused uh, ginger ale. I really like that.
0: Oh, no, nice man. Yeah, you know, there's a <laughs> there's quite a few pothead kayakers. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm not gonna name any names, but <laughs> I know quite a few. <laughs> You know that's a fun experience. You guys have it nice, man. You have it legal up there. You know, I've always thought it was just a damn plant, man. Why is it illegal in the first place? You know, alcohol's inhibits your your ability to think and your ability to react way, way worse than marijuana does. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's ridiculous that it's illegal at all. But you know, I guess it is how it is. And uh, here in the states, it's, it is becoming legalized. I think Virginia just recently legalized it. Uh, we have several states here, California, Washington, um, Illinois. Is, oh, man, I can't even name them all. There's probably a lot more than that. Colorado, I think I named them, California. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's pretty good, man. You got a lucky up bro.
1: <laughs> I know any of the states down there that has legalized it has made a a ton of money
0: off it. So I don't. Yeah, I don't see why the, the federal government don't legalize it and tax it. You know what I mean? I hand it over to the, the the Department of Drugs and Alcohol, and uh, boom, have them take care of it. You know, tax it like they do. I'm sure they'll tax the hell out of it, like they do tobacco or alcohol over here. But you know, at least that's be what they do here.
1: Like, I never thought I'd see the day when the Canadian government would be in business to sell weed with Snoop Dogg, but it happened
0: <laughs> what's the story behind that i didn't hear about that
1: oh it's just one of the brands you can get at the like federal or i guess the prevent each how it works each province had the freedom to set up their own stores and their own marketplace or whatever right so but one of the brands that you get is snoop Dogg's brand of weeds so It's funny to me that the government is buying weed from Snoop Dogg's company to sell to Canadian
0: citizens. (laughs) I can see Tommy Chong here in America doing something like that. He's already selling bongs and pipes and stuff. (laughs) I want some Tommy Chong weed.
1: (laughs) He's actually Canadian.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't know that at all, man. There's so many celebrities that are Canadian that I never knew were Canadian.
1: All the best ones are Canadian.
0: <laughs> all the funny ones, you know, either Jewish or Canadian. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. Man. You know, we're speaking of gluten free. I ate at uh, Mandy's Gl- uh restaurant. They're like gluten free and vegan and all that. But I got real meat on my pizza, and uh, they make pizzas like gluten free pizzas there. Man, that's the best gluten free pizza I've ever eaten. Uh, you can find. They're right outside of Pittsburgh. I just went to Pittsburgh over the weekend. And me and my wife tried a pizza there, man. And it's pretty good for gluten-free.
1: I saw you visiting in some movie locations.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, man, I'm kind of a movie nerd. I'm a big zombie fan. I love The End of the Walking Dead and all that. But before all that, man, back when I was a kid, it was Night of the Living Dead. was like my favorite movie of all time. And The Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. That whole trilogy, I love them, man. And the 1968 one is my favorite of all time. The 1991, directed by Tom Savini, was really good. And uh, we went to those locations. Well, the location for the graveyard, for the graveyard scenes and that on our way home. But we ended up going to Cranberry outside of Pittsburgh and going into Evans City. And Evans City is where the graveyard is located. And that's the the graveyard from uh, Night of the Living Dead where they taped... You know, the graveyard scenes with Barbara and Johnny uh, walking through the graveyard. And they, they're they visiting their their um, their grandfather. And then the zombie comes and attacks them. And so we went to that location. You know, we saw the chapel there. We saw the graves they were at. And, uh, got a picture of the grave that Johnny, you know, when he fell down fighting the zombie, he broke his head and uh, broke his neck or something when he hit that tombstone. And so, man, it's, <laughs> I know people are probably laughing at me. Uh, you know, we were respectful and everything too visiting these cemeteries. You know, Butler County, PA, advertises these places as tourist attractions on their website. <laughs> They're like, come to this graveyard, and um, it looks a yeah, lot. Different. From what
1: I understand, I really that that movie was made there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a very low budget B movie, and it made uh, what twenty two times more. I think, I watched a documentary recently, made 22 times more than they invested into it. And I think it made, what, $22 million and they invested in, um, I can't remember the statistics, man. But they invested, and it gained so much money, man. Uh, it was just a classic, and it scared the hell out of people. Well, they were filming that at the same time that Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby came out. Uh, some other horror movies are raw in color, and they choose to do the black and white kind of to add more horror element to it, man. And I love those movies. We went to the mall from uh, Dawn of the Dead, and that's in Roseville. But the whole mall is, is was re- remodeled so many times since the 70s that nothing's there that looks the same. Um, the Clock Tower is gone. Uh, The koi ponds, the fountains, all that stuff for that movie is gone. It's unrecognizable. But there is the Living Dead Museum there. And we went there, me and my wife, and we visited there. They're kind of disappointed their museum was under construction. So maybe we'll have to go back someday. That would be interesting because they do a whole museum like the history of zombies throughout cinematic history. And You know, George A. Romero, he invented the modern zombie. Sure, there was voodoo zombies before that. He invented the modern zombie that eats flesh, you know, that, that comes back from, you know, the dead. Before, zombies were just zombified people, you know, they were servants, they were slaves, they were in a daze, and they were under somebody's control. George A. Romero created the monster that zombies, and, you know, that whole movie's about the fear of revolution, too. You know, you look at it, too. The zombies are the revolution. You know, there's a revolution rising, and it's uh, the destruction and mayhem that that causes, and there's a lot of different opinions about it, but that's what my main opinion and my, you know, I think most people agree with me that it's about revolution, the whole zombie craze. <laughs> So we we went visited the mall and we came back and we visited um, the 1990 the the graveyard there. I didn't get too many pictures, man. There was bikers there. There was there was a couple pretty girls that were walking and uh, walking up and down the track and we didn't want to be disrespectful and you know kind of play around in the graveyard too much. Uh, but it was a fun trip. You know we stayed a couple nights and you know ate out of at some fun restaurants and it was a lot of fun, man. I can't wait to go back. <laughs> 100% man, man, I appreciate you coming on here tonight, you know, I wasn't going to keep this too long, got to get back into the podcast game, man, and I appreciate you coming on, uh, we're going to start doing um, the camping episodes more, um, so get ready for that, man, so we, we're going to do a lot with Yak Legion, uh, I just got invited to ICAST by Austin Todd from American Tackle, baby, yeah, So I'm going down to ICAST this year with John Graves to represent American Tackle. And uh, that is awesome. Such a big deal. I was so excited. Uh, You know, (laughs) things have been looking so down for me, you know, you know, things have been so dark, uh, losing family members and dealing with the stress. And, you know, I got this ray of sunshine, man, and (laughs) I'm ready to tackle my dreams, man, and go down there running, you know, hit the ground running. That's for sure. If you never heard of ICAST, it's, you know, probably the biggest fishing event in the whole country, uh, besides the Bassmasters. <laughs> it's one of the biggest fishing events. Well, it's the biggest for companies because that's when all the new, all these fishing companies in the industry, they'll showcase their new products. So, you know, all the stuff that's coming out in 2022 will be able, will be showcased in over the summer at ICAST. Yeah, it, it's a pretty amazing thing, man. Uh, American tackle. Uh, every time they go down there, they just knock it out of the ballpark with awards, and, and uh, they just do a fantastic job, man. I'm so excited to go down there and represent such an awesome company. And uh, Austin Todd, if you're listening, man, thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. And I, I hope I, I uh, pr- you know, do well for the company and uh, and uh, live up to your expectations. <laughs> I'm gonna try my hardest, man. Well,
1: I'm really glad things are looking up for you after you had such a rough year. It's been a bad year for everybody, but you had a rough one,
0: especially. Yeah, man, it's been hard for everybody, and there's probably people that's lost. You know, there's there is people that's lost a lot lot more than me, man. People have lost their lives, and I try not to, you know, talk about my sob stories too much, especially on the podcast or on social media. But man, it's it's been a bummer. <laughs> it's been a bummer for everybody, man. COVID sucks. Wearing a mask sucks. You know, I'm forced to do it every and forced to comply, and it sucks, man. But we all got to deal with this, and hopefully we're past it soon, man. Next year or the year after, <laughs> we're all done with this nonsense, you know.
1: I feel like we are getting to the light at the end of the tunnel now, so hopefully. <laughs>
0: So before we end this, I want to talk about challenges a little bit. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about challenges and challenging myself uh, to something great, man. Um, So what's one challenge that you have this summer, man? What's one goal that you've set that you want to accomplish this year?
1: That's a good question. Like (laughs) kayak camp related or just life anything at all? Jess and I have been looking really hard at buying a new house. We've been trying to make that happen, but the housing market has gone crazy since COVID. The prices have gone way up. Availability has gone way down, so we're looking hard. We're trying to make it happen, but that would be the main thing I'd probably say I'd like to see happen this summer, but
0: Man, it's rough. I don't know what the housing market is up there, man, but it's awful down here for buyers. It's great if you're selling, man. If you got property, boom. It's it's coming off the market. And a lot of the reason why is people working, so many people working remote now. And you're seeing a lot of these rural areas, a lot of properties in the rural areas are getting swooped up by people because people don't have to drive to work no more, man. My wife works full time from home now. You know, you don't, people don't have to go to work anymore. People are, so many people are working from home and they're coming out here and they're buying their properties and, you know, they're raising the prices and you got to compete with people. I don't know how many houses me and my wife have looked at in the past two years and we just can't beat what anyone else is offering, man. It's, it's nuts. It's so competitive down here.
1: That's the exact same problem we're having. We're living in this tiny province and people since the pandemic are moving here from you know Toronto and Montreal and the bigger cities yeah. where they sold really expensive properties and they can move here and buy a place like nothing. We can't compete with the offers. They're putting.
0: We're moving into to a new era of mankind, I think, with this pandemic. And I think that's the one thing that might last after the pandemic is we do more things remotely. Uh, it kind of makes me sad too, because you know we're being isolated from each other. You know, people are becoming more isolated, and you know, I think everybody has felt the isolation in the last year. Uh, you know, that's one great thing about kayak fishing and kayaking in general, and the Rick with the whole recreation of the sport is getting away from the problems. You know, I noticed a lot of people out on the lakes this year. Uh, we're out there on the water. <laughs> I was noticed even here this. Here in the last couple of weeks, I've seen all kinds of kayaks on top of people's vehicles in the back of pickup trucks and on trailers. You know, everybody's getting out there. Of course, here in Ohio, the tournament season is, you know, it's full go. Uh, everybody's going. There's tournaments every weekend. And uh, it's good to see that again, man. But especially last year, it seems like every time I we went to the lake, there was just everybody and their brother was out there. And it was almost shoulder to shoulder on the bank. There's so many boats and kayaks out there on the water. Well I kind of a pain in the butt to deal with, but I'm glad everybody got to you know get out and enjoy the weather.
1: That's kind of a catch twenty-two about that. Like I'm I'm all for getting more people outside to join the outdoors, but as long as they're respectful.
0: Oh, hundred percent, man. Now my goal for the year, uh I kind of wanted to lose some weight. <laughs> So that's my main goal, man. Uh, I've already taken taken a lot of big steps this this week. Uh, started a workout routine. Started walking around campus at work. Uh, I switched up my diet, man. I want to look good down there at ICAST. I want to live a stud, man. I'm gonna look real good down there. I'm excited, man.
1: Baby oiled
0: up, like oh yeah, man. I'm gonna go down there, with my speedo, man. I'll be out there on the beach catching some rays, man. I'll be looking good, and all the mamas be walking by checking me out, man. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Please don't be that like guy. Please don't be that guy. I don't think there's any naked beaches down there. There might be. I support tapas beaches, though. <laughs> All right, we went a little off PG tonight. Sorry about that, folks. I appreciate everybody listening. Man, how can people follow you online?
1: Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Waterborne Camper. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, and I'm having a contest right now where I'm giving away a uh, hand-knit hat that Jessica made and some hard candy and a $30 gift card, Canadian, to Bass Pro Shop. So if anybody wants to hop on my YouTube channel, there's a video there explaining how you can enter if you'd like to enter.
0: Awesome, man. Check it out, guys. Go, you know, you you have a chance to win a hand knitted uh what is it, a beanie? Yeah. <laughs> nice man. That that's hipster as hell too, I dig it. <laughs> Check it out. I <laughs> All right, guys, I appreciate you coming on, Corey. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good one.